today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Cash and Carry Kitchens. At the heart of Irish homes for over 40 years. Cashandcarrykitchens.ie Email todaycb at rte.ie we want you back. That was the message from the Minister for Higher Education, Simon Harris, earlier this week to Irish builders who are living abroad. He says the country will need an extra 50,000 workers over the next decade to meet the demand in the construction sector. Well, to discuss what the shortage means for the economy and what can be done to solve it, I'm joined by Orla Hegarty, who is an architect and assistant professor at UCD, and Hubert Fitzpatrick, Director General of the Construction Industry Federation. And thank you both for being here today. So, Orla, we all know that we need more construction workers. Uh, Simon Harris says he wants to attract people from abroad, but there are barriers, obvious barriers, getting this done. We're still recovering as well from the economic crash of 15 years ago, aren't we? Take us through what you feel the barriers might be. Um, thank you. Yeah, I think it's really important that we talk about construction jobs at the moment. It's it's so essential to so many sectors in the economy. Uh, the housing programme, the climate emergency programme in terms of upgrading buildings and the huge infrastructure deficits that there are in so many new communities in terms of, of schools and medical facilities and playing pitches and all the transport, everything that goes with that. So um, when we talk about construction jobs, we're not just maybe talking about housing, uh, we're talking about broader, but we're also not not just talking about uh, construction operatives on sites. Um, sometimes people imagine that construction is, you know, heavy lifting job out in the rain. But in fact, the construction industry is a very highly skilled sector and it, it's across the professions as well. There's a huge number of, of professions in the construction sector, whether it's architects, engineers, surveyors uh, and all the people connected with that who, who, who need training as well. Um, and then there's the site operatives and trades, obviously, who are highly skilled people. And then the non-craft operatives, people like mm. the crane drivers and whatever. So and, when we talk about construction jobs, we need to think about the entire sector. And we lost a lot of those people in the crash and we didn't get them back. We lost huge numbers. I mean, we had about 240,000 employed in 2005. That dropped uh, 65% and we've maybe doubled now since uh, t- uh, 2012. So in the last 10 years, we've maybe doubled. But we're still at 70,000 fewer people in the sector than there were in 2005. Mm-hmm. So it's you a can huge s- It's a huge yeah. loss. And, and, and these people can't be trained and upskilled overnight. So, Hubert, I know that your own organisation, CIF, you're in favour of this scheme to try and bring people back. But how are you going to do it? Because like the first question these people will have is, where am I going to live if I come back to Ireland? Well, one of the initiatives uh, included in the scheme is to undertake market research for the people who have left the country. Why they left and what are the obstacles to them coming back? That is actually going to influence big time how we can actually bring these people back. Many will have left a couple of years ago for, the, for a life experience and they want to come back home. They're maybe setting up family and so on. But if we undertake that market research on Irish construction workers abroad, outlining what's inhibiting them coming back. Is there a recognition of training qualifications that's needed? Is it an issue associated with driving licences? Is it an issue associated with some other form of training or set, set up costs? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the industry has actually gone abroad in previous years to attract people into the industry. I mean, some people have gone to, some industry members have gone to South Africa and they've attracted people back from South Africa to, to work within the industry. Ireland is a good place to live. There are a lot of opportunities in, in Ireland. Construction industry is exciting. We have a huge uh, 
programme of infrastructure works that has to be delivered over the next number of years. We have a growing population and all this means we need more and more construction work to be undertaken. Is this not market driven though? People will come back if the wages and the conditions are good. It almost happens generically. Like is there much you can do when there's an international shortage of construction workers to make Ireland particularly attractive? Well, that's one of the initiatives that's to be funded on this programme. What do people actually want to entice them to come back? Let's get that let's get that data put together. It is a very attractive industry. It is a very varied industry. There are many, many opportunities be it from the trades into the professions going forward. Mm-hmm. In terms you of mean, you, you might find out what they want to come back, but you mightn't be able to deliver it to them because we know how much pressure there is on the costs in the construction industry. So can you factor in a sweetener for people to come back from, from abroad? Well, we have to look at all the options. We have to see what, 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 what will entice them back, at least get that, get that knowledge. Faraway fields are not always greener. Um, there is a lot to be said for living here, here at home, home in Ireland. And I think the current challenges that are there will prove interesting and entice people to come back. Mm. We, need to, we need to look at the apprenticeships. We need to look at school leavers. We need to say, how can we encourage more boys and girls into apprenticeships? As Ola stated, how can we encourage more people to go in and look at careers in quantity surveying, in architecture, in engineering, into construction management? Uh, there is such a variety and challenging career within the industry that we think, you know, people don't have enough information about it. Okay, Orla, what do you think it's going to take to encourage people to come back or to consider a career in construction? Um, I think we need to be real about the the barriers to jobs in construction. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty. People are, you know, very traumatised by what happened the last time with the loss of employment. And, you know, although the property sector has been incentivised to to regrow over the last 10 years, the construction centre hasn't really in terms of, you know, bedding down skills, uh, quality controls and and, uh, making it possible for a new generation of entrepreneurs to grow in the construction centre. So, sector, there are huge barriers to becoming a small builder or a small developer in terms of uh, capitalising in terms of access to land and finance, in terms of having the certainty of contracts to employ apprenticeships and to take people on. And some of that goes back to government procurement policy in terms of you know how these construction contracts are organised. They're not organised to be available to smaller contractors, to encourage smaller contractors. They're not broken up. Um, So a lot of it is outsourced. So that's a real barrier. If if you're, you know, sub-subcontractor down the chain, you have a lot of uncertainty of employment and maybe poor conditions. That's a huge barrier to Mm. people rather than people who would like to become small builders. Do you agree with that, um, Hubert, that you have to be a big operator to have the confidence to invest in your people? Look, we, 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 we've, you, you've, there's plenty of confidence within, within the industry. I mean, uh, you have to start small. Uh, a lot of people start off working for, for bigger contractors. They may come in, they may start work in an apprenticeship and they can grow from there. They may start as a junior engineer and they can grow from there. It's a very mobile industry. There's a lot of movement from builder to builder. I think one of the big impediments to, to, to the industry is the experience of the crash that happened in the past. We saw the cyclical nature of investment and construction. Capital investment stalled altogether in this country 10, 14, 14 years ago with the result that many construction professionals and workers had to actually leave the country. They had no option. Thankfully, the government in the budget last year set aside a reserve fund where they want to deal with that 
countercyclical investment in, in the industry. So that if we have a drop in, in major funding coming to government in years ahead, that we'll be able to maintain investment in the National Development Plan and maintain investment in infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And that should prove, give some further stability to the sector. And what we need to do is we need parents to actually realise that because parents influence their young kids in terms of what sector they can enter. And there is a good sustainable career to be developed within the construction sector. And as Orla stated, you have all varieties there and you have huge scope for growth um, to start enough, be it an apprenticeship or as a, or as, as a, a young engineer and end up running your own business and having Down a very, very sustainable business. What's Orla, ahead, just yeah. to add to that, I mean, I think there's, there's a real barrier here in terms of there's a sort of a sense maybe that throwing money at it will solve the problem. Um, the, it's, it's not it, much now. It's 750,000 well, in the greater uh, scheme of things. I, I suppose that's just in this scheme. Um, yeah. But the broader scheme of, of throwing money at housing or um, energy upgrades and everything else, the, the key people who are needed in that decision making are people who are trained in construction procurement, are people who are trained in, in quality standards and, and managing contracts and everything. So, for example, you know, in my own sector in, in architecture, we have a huge gap in terms of places for people to train as professional architects. We don't have enough training places for the number of people who want to take on that role or come back and take on that role. You know, so there's a barrier then to smart procurement decisions around that. Um, and we see this, you know, we've seen lots of construction projects that have, have gone wrong or have gone over budget. Uh, and, and the key people who are highly trained and advising need to be skilled for those kind of processes. Um, so I'm hugely supportive and would encourage anybody to consider construction as a job. It's a very vibrant industry. It's never boring. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a very rewarding career to be in and it's a great opportunity for people who do develop a profession or a trade to become an entrepreneur and to develop a business and from that. What do you think it's going to take to get people who are working in construction overseas to come home? Um, I think there are real barriers. There's barriers in skills. There's barriers in, you know, how they become regulated or certified. Um, and remember that, you know, the construction industry is, is largely a gig economy, pe- huge numbers of self-employed people. And even getting a mortgage is a huge barrier for mm-hmm. people who work in that sector. It's not like you come back and plug into a tech sector or whatever. Um, so I think we need a, a much broader view of what kind of construction industry we want. We never want the crash again. Um, and how capital spending is managed in government needs to be done strategically to grow our own construction sector and to grow skills in our sector. Okay, and we have a statement from the Minister, uh, Simon Harris, on this, and they say from their initial research, there are men and women who left during the financial crash, as you both suspect, who haven't returned home since the market recovered, and the department's going to target those workers, engage with them and establish if any further actions need to be taken. But with those people who left, you know, 10, maybe 12 years ago, they probably have their lives established overseas and mightn't be the people who are willing to come back here. I think I, th- I think that is a huge challenge. They're gone so long, there's a fair possibility they'll have set up family and they'll set down roots wherever they are. Mm-hmm. But I do think we, we need to look at those that have left, left within the last number of years who may not have established set down and roots in other areas. To, and to they might be willing to come back. But I might add that, you know, we've huge innovation within the sector. Mm. There's a huge variety of different forms of construction underway. And it is a very interesting and challenging career for anyone who wants, okay. to, get, wants to get into that area. All right, we'll leave it there for now. Hubert Fitzpatrick and Orla Hegarty, thank you both very much for coming in. Coming up next, we'll have the Scottish grandfather, Ian McKellar. You'll remember we spoke about Ian because we were chatting to his wife, Carol. He was facing prison in Dubai. He's free now. We'll speak to him next. Text 51551. Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.